I'll say this, it, it's always been a somewhat toxic environment for, for women in the Missouri capital. It's a very predatory culture that, that women didn't feel safe. And it, uh, it was bipartisan, it was across, you know, it was legislators, it was staff, it was lobbyists, it was advocates. Well, he said he did not have sex with the intern, and the intern obviously said that they did not have sex. He says that he never threatened the legislative assistant, that, that's, that there was some sort of a personality conflict. He admitted to lying to an investigator that was um, looking into this matter, and he mentioned that it was a panic move, that he, you know, historically, when an African-American is accused of something like this, especially by a, uh, a white person, it hasn't, as he put it, it hasn't gone particularly well for the African-American man. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Earlier this month, the Missouri House voted to censure one of its members. State Representative Wiley Price, he's a Democrat from St. Louis, is accused of having sex with an intern and then not just lying about it, but threatening to fire the aide who reported it. But that vote to censure drew a backlash from the staffers who work for Missouri Democrats. Jason Hancock of the Missouri Independent broke that story last week, and he joins us today to talk about it. So Jason Hancock, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So what are these legislative aides upset about? Well, they feel as though that the House Democrats were prioritizing protecting one of their fellow members over protecting legislative staff. Uh, you know, it's important to remember Representative Price was censured, and it wasn't about the alleged uh, sexual encounter with the intern. He denies that. The intern denies that. And the ethics committee that uh, recommended that he be censured acknowledges that they could not prove essentially beyond a reasonable doubt, but enough to at least warrant punishment that the sexual encounter happened. What he was censured for was what you noted, that he threatened a staffer with uh, termination. And at least according to that particular staffer, there was a moment where they actually felt physically threatened. Hmm. Um, again, Representative Price denies all of that, but that's what the censure focused on, was that he lied to the committee and that he threatened retaliation against the legislative aide who, if they found out about an encounter that was in violation of House rules, are a mandatory reporter and would have had to have reported that to the proper channels. So the idea these, is the aide hmm? did what the aide was supposed to do, and, and he came down hard on her, according to these allegations. Right. And now you have these other legislative assistants and, and legislative staffers who are saying, this person spoke up, did exactly what we wanted them to do, and they're being hung out to dry. Uh, obviously, House Democratic leadership doesn't feel that that's how that that's not their position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the House staff were definitely upset with how this all went down. Mm-hmm. So you had an exclusive on this. How did you find out that they had these feelings? I mean, it was it was kind of bubbling under the surface for a while. You know, when when Representative uh, the House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid put out a statement when the House Ethics House Ethics Committee released its report. And I heard a lot of grumbling that the people who didn't think she went far enough. House Republicans condemned uh, the actions of Representative Price and said that they stood behind the Ethics Committee's recommendation. Uh, Representative Quay didn't go that far. And what she would say in her own defense is this was the first that she had learned about what the Ethics Committee was going to say. Uh, she wanted to know more before she spoke out too uh, too strongly. But from that moment forward, there's a lot of grumbling and a lot of unrest among staff in the House caucus 
House Democratic Caucus about how leadership was handling the situation. But yeah, it didn't really boil over into the public until after that vote was taken. When they were listening to debate, Republicans were trying to actually go further and expel Representative Price. Mm -hmm. And Democrats found themselves in this position where they were defending uh, Price from expulsion. And that really, really rubbed a lot of folks the wrong way within their staff. And and she, when you spoke to Representative Crystal Quaid, um, she suggested this is not the debate they anticipated. They thought they'd be going in and talking about why it was important to censure. Did the Republicans somewhat pull a fast one here by not acknowledging, hey, we're going to come in and, and try to expel this guy today? I get a sense that they didn't know exactly that they were going to come in and expel. I know the, hmm. the Republicans met that morning and they discussed the issue. Representative Quaid, like you said, she's she says that she wasn't aware that this was going to happen until about an hour before they were headed to the floor to have this debate. Um, I'm sure there are some who think that Republicans are pulling a fast one, but I, I, it's impossible to kind of know what their motivation was. I know that a lot of Republicans, and which is exhibited by the vote, I think it was 97 um, or 91, in the 90s, mm -hmm. voted to expel him. Wasn't enough, then they pulled that back and voted to censure him. But yeah, the debate on the floor focused solely on whether... Um, what he did and re and allegedly retaliating against that legislative aid warranted being expelled from the legislature. And like I said, a lot of the House staffers in the Democratic caucus were very upset by the stance that their bosses were taking. Hmm. So there's just one Democrat who voted to expel. That's Barbara Pfeiffer. Did others take a, a strong stand that this is a big deal what this guy did? They just didn't want to go as far as expulsion. Yeah, a lot of them were, it, was, it turned into, and, and the, the staffers mentioned this in, in what they were telling me, it turned into a defense of the institution. Hmm. They didn't, the, the Democrats didn't want um, for the, it would, it would undercut the entire ethics committee process if the ethics committee deliberated, investigated, came to a unanimous conclusion, and then it was set aside because the majority party wanted to, to go further. That was the Democrats' argument, that after a year of investigation, a unanimous panel of bipartisan, five Democrats and five Republicans said we should censure this guy. We shouldn't expel him. That that would be going too far. Um, Republicans just felt that the, the retaliation against the staff member was, was too much, and it did warrant expulsion. And ultimately, they didn't have the votes, and uh, he was censured. First censure in Missouri House history. Hmm. So these legislative aides who are upset about this, they wrote you a letter uh, that you ended up publishing in the Missouri Independent. That's your your newish uh, nonprofit news site. They wrote, watching this debate unfold was like watching an episode of The Twilight Zone. People who we admire actively let us down and people for whom we have no warm feelings rush to our defense. It is shameful that the Democratic Caucus, a group that consistently claims the mantle of championing dignity for working people, should be so complicit in worsening an already toxic environment for their own employees. When you talk to people, and as you verified this letter, did people give more examples of that toxic environment that they reference there? I mean, it's sort of, ex I'll say this, it, it's always been a somewhat toxic environment for, for women in the Missouri Capitol. You know, five years ago, six years ago now, I guess, mm -hmm. we had a state speaker uh, of the House, John Deal, resign after it was disclosed that he had been sending these sexually explicit text messages to an intern. And there was a bit of a reckoning that summer and into the fall with the culture of the Missouri Capitol, that it was a very predatory culture, that, that women didn't feel safe. And it was across, uh, it was bipartisan, it was across, you know, it was legislators, it was staff, it was lobbyists, it was advocates. And there was a real attempt among legislative leadership at the time to put 
policy in place that would improve that. And in this ethics committee and, and what Wiley Representative Price just went through was sort of what was the, uh, the, 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 the process that was put in place in order to try to make it a better environment. I think most people would say it has improved, but it clearly has not improved enough. Uh, you still hear from people who say that they are they deal with harassment and that they deal with with this sort of toxic workplace on a daily basis, and it's even if it's not as blatant or severe, I don't think you can dismiss that. And, and I think legislative leaders, have, there's a reckoning coming again about this issue that they need to really take seriously. That even with this process in place, um, you know, it, 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 are there safeguards enough to ensure that everybody can can work safely in the Missouri capital? We're talking to Jason Hancock. He's the editor-in-chief of the Missouri Independent, which broke the story about legislative aides being unhappy about uh, these actions. We want to mention we did invite uh, the minority leader, Crystal Quaid, to come on the show and talk about what happened. She did decline. She said, I am currently in the process of holding individual meetings with any staff who would like one. Due to the personnel nature of this conversation, I regret that at this time I have to turn down the invitation. When these aides talked to you, Jason, and, and came forward with this letter, were they worried they could suffer repercussions for coming forward? Absolutely. I mean, they didn't want to speak on the record, that, or I should say, they didn't want to speak for attribution. They wanted to have their identities protected because that's they were afraid. Now, some of them said that the that their they had a good relationship with their boss and that they 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 felt as though if their name came out, it, it, it wasn't like they'd be fired the next day. But enough of them were concerned that they didn't want the public to know their identity. And I will say this, there was there were quite a few that were associated with the with the letter that was submitted to us, the op-ed. There were others that I spoke to that weren't involved. You know, I, I always want to stress, this is a pretty broad cross-section of legislative staff. It was a pretty big group. It wasn't just one or two disaffected or upset individuals. Um, it, you know, it, there is, and, and it doesn't represent everybody, I'm sure, but it is a, a big chunk of, of House Democratic staff who were upset at how the party handled the situation. And again, we're afraid that if they spoke up, that they would face some sort of retaliation. And have there been any concerns since this has come out? Any reports that, that you know, you did have someone there who was quoted by name, and then we know there was a large group that was behind this. Have there been any repercussions for those people who came forward? Not that I've heard. No one's spoken to me about it. I do think, to Representative Quaid's credit, that she gets it, that she understands that this this is not just somebody getting upset that a Democrat voted with Republicans, or you know, which mm-hmm. happens, right? Um, this is a really sensitive issue, and it's a really personal issue. It's about staff feeling safe in the building, and you know, as we've spoken about before, if a staff member hears something like this, they are required to to report it, or they could be fired. That they would be in violation of House policy, and so. You have, um, I think Representative Quake gets that, and she told me, and obviously she's, she told you, that she wants to have these one-on-one conversations with anybody who wants to have them to try to, to uh, answer questions, to try to ease concerns, and try to make people uh, feel more secure in like, not only their positions, but also their work environment. And you know, it seems like she's, she's going through with that now. So we asked our listeners on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page how they felt about all this. Were the aides right to be mad about this? Um, Dennis writes, yes, they are. Um, He adds, quote, but also something worth mentioning. The GOP members that voted to expel all voted for Trump with decades of evidence of inappropriate sexual actions. So they ain't got much room to talk. Even so, he says Price should resign. Matt writes, this is absolutely revolting. It reeks of criminals covering up for one of their own. If he's guilty, he should be expelled. He didn't just 
to have sex with an intern, he perjured himself and threatened a witness. If the witness is lying, why censure? This result conveys the message of he did it, but it's not that big a deal. We also do want to mention that we did reach out to State Representative Wiley Price. Um, We wanted to get a statement from him on this, and we did not hear back. What kind of um, argument did he mount in his own defense as he was trying to fight for his political career there? Well, he said he did not have sex with the intern, and the intern obviously said that they did not have sex. He says that he never threatened the legislative assistant, that that's that there was some sort of a personality conflict that, uh, you know, it, it was kind of hard to tell, like, what the relationship between the Representative Price and his legislative assistant and his version of the story was. He admitted to lying to an investigator that mm-hmm. was um, looking into this matter. And he mentioned that it was a panic move that he, you know, historically when an African-American is accused of something like this, especially by a, uh, a white person, it hasn't, as he put it, it hasn't gone particularly well for the African-American man. Mm-hmm. But he said that when he spoke to the ethics committee, he was truthful. He did not lie to them. And he claims that there are things that were misrepresented and left out of the final report. Um, and so, but ultimately he accepted the censure. You know, when he stood up to the floor, he 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 told the House that he accepted the censure. He would not contest it. It was only after the House entered or the there was an amendment added to expel him that the debate kind of took on its own life. But he that's his defense is that he doesn't he does not agree with the conclusions of the committee, but he accepted the censure because he admitted he mishandled it, at least initially, how he reacted to the investigation. So, Jason, in our final minutes here, I think it is important to mention that censure isn't just a slap on the wrist. This is this, as you said, is pretty much unprecedented within the Missouri House. What happens because of the fact he's been censured? Well, he's been removed from all of his committees, so he doesn't sit on any of the legislative committees anymore, which is, you know, essentially meaning he's not necessarily involved in the legislative process until it it comes time to cast a vote. Hmm. He was fined about $20,000 for the cost of the investigation. The House hires independent counsel to look into these things to make sure that there's nothing. There couldn't be anybody who comes back and claims any sort of political bias, so they hire outside counsel to look into these things. He has to reimburse the House for that. He was booted from the House caucus just on Sunday, or the House Democratic caucus, I should say, which means he loses all privilege of being a member of the House Democratic caucus, which is staff, um, caucus staff, research, things like that. He's basically a, a caucus of one. He is hmm. He's unaffiliated and has very little role in the legislative process. He has an office, and he has a vote, and that's about it. And I, I haven't looked, but I believe his... He was moved into a House hearing room when he was removed from an office. I think they found him in a a more appropriate office, but it's away from the caucus, and uh, he sort of kept distance from legislative staff. So, yeah, there is a lot of uh, penalties that come with being censured beyond just a sort of a public admonishment. And the Democrats did take that vote to boot him out of their caucus, even though they didn't boot him out of the body itself. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, which makes him the second. There's now two – there are now two state reps that are – uh, unaffiliated with their caucuses, Representative Price, and then on the western side of the state, Representative Rick Raber, who faces much mm. uglier allegations from his children of uh, child molestation and abuse. So, oh, Well, that's a really uplifting note to end on. But Jason, you've, you've <laughs> given us great perspective on this important issue here today, and you've also done some great reporting on it. So I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Jason, again, is the editor-in-chief of the Missouri Independent. That's the new nonprofit news site. You can find it uh, online. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.
Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.